everyone, it shines me up a black person. I've been devastated by what I've seen coming out of the border with our Haitian community. People being beat, people riding on horses, people who are trying to get to safety for them and their family and their kids being turned around, or just being deported back to a country that is not even able to take them in right now. I am looking to make a difference in this area, and I need your help. Go to our website now, www.blankpush.org, and where you can make a donation and sign our petition, and where we are able, where we stand together and say to America that this is not okay, this is not right, and we won't tolerate it. This is not the America I know. This, this, this is not the country in which we are built upon and founded upon. We have a lot of work to do, and we have to do it together. So join us in this journey as we support our Haitian brothers and sisters that human rights is very valuable, and we have to stand together. We have to work together. And let's do this. Let's support our brothers and sisters. Go to our website now at www.blackpush.org. Hey everyone, so we are in the studio today. Today is today October is October 1st. 1st. Today is October 1st. You know what I'm saying that, right? Because I'm trying to think of my dates in our head. Today is October 1st, and we are back with, and let's fix that um, part for her. We're back with Sandra Williams from Atlanta Labor Council. Um, awesome. There we go. We got it in the house. Atlanta, morning, North Georgia Labor morning. Council. Uh, I'm sorry. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm actually messaging somebody to make sure we can get this um, something fixed on this. But thank you for coming in today. Thank you for coming in. So we're back talking to um, Sandra from Atlanta, North Georgia Labor Council. I have to put it in front of me about labor today. Um, I know we somewhat we have these discussions all the time. Yes, um, we do. Introduce yourself, though. What is it that you guys do? What is it that you do with the Atlanta, North Georgia Labor Council? And you're the executive director. Tell us what it is that you do, what your role is, and what it is that you have done since, or how you see your role, because I know we talked about this in the last podcast, um, differently, or how you're approaching it differently. You know, this is an exciting time for labor unions. Uh, I represent 60 labor unions, 60 affiliate labor unions in the Atlanta metro area. We have an 18-county area jurisdiction. approximately 60,000 members within that jurisdiction, and we are all over the place. One of the things that we're promoting right now is the PRO Act, Mm. protecting the right to organize in your workplace. And as you can imagine, in a state like Georgia, where this is a right to work state, it's kind of a misnomer. It almost means right to work for less. We know in states and cities where we have unions, companies that have unions, the workers tend to make 30% more than other folks in that same industry. So just like a rising tide raises all boats, we promote voices in the workplace just like we do promote our ability to vote during elections. So a voice at the ballot box and a voice in the workplace. And, and I do want to point this back out again. I know you Tuesday was National Voting Day. And Absolutely. we actually, Wednesday, we actually had Helen Butler, who was here at the office, who did training for us. And we'll Helen be is fantastic. She is awesome. The Coalition for People's Agenda. She is phenomenal. She's awesome. And actually, we'll be doing, I think we'll be doing some voter registration tomorrow at an event we're doing tomorrow. So, okay. super excited about that. Um, but talking about labor and why it's so important. So, 
I think that this part is really important. So we're in the great state of Georgia, and a lot of people don't even understand how Georgia works. So explain to them what Georgia's minimum wage is, real yeah. minimum wage is. Georgia's real minimum wage is $5.15 an hour, and you couldn't raise a family, let alone take care of yourself, with one job making $5.15 an hour. It's below the federal minimum wage. Now that minimum wage is seven twenty-five. We know that you can't take care of a family on seven twenty-five. What happens is we have domestic workers and others that fit under the Georgia rate of pay mm-hmm. for five fifteen. The federal minimum wage typically supersedes in many areas that state wage. However, you also have tip workers who even have a lower hourly rate depending on tips from patrons that come to their businesses. So what we need to do, the city of Atlanta actually has a $15 an hour rate of pay. That's not the entire state and we need to catch up so that people have sustainable wages and careers that they can move into. One thing that I'm very proud that the Labor Council has done is we are working with our trade unionists Um, That's the IBEW, Operating Engineers, Plumbers and Pipe Fitters, a great swath of our trade unions to get training for people in the community to go into pre-apprenticeship programs and then apprenticeship programs so that they actively learn a trade, learn a skill to go into the community. And there is no cost for those apprenticeship training programs. And where are you guys doing some of those programs at now, currently? Right now, we have a program for 16 to 24-year-olds called Youth Bill under the direction of Randy Bill and the program director is actually Christina Smith. So we do a lot of work with them, but we also have independent unions like the IBEW. There's a training facility in Norcross. Uh, there is an, ass- an assessment that you go through, but it's to, we have to do a better job of introducing what we have to offer in terms of apprenticeship programs to the larger community. If you are traditionally, your dad was a trade unionist, your grandfather, that makes it easy for you to know and be knowledgeable about the process and how to get involved. If you're not, it's incumbent upon organizations like the Atlanta North Georgia Labor Council to do just that, to go into community work with community organizations, work with faith organizations as we've worked with you, Black Push, to get the message out about unions. And the one thing, the reason why, one of the reasons why I like working with the union so much is that um, it's not a black or white issue, right? It's not something that's black, white, down the line, Hispanic, Asian. It's an issue that affects like everybody. It does affect everyone. We've also been holding rallies at the Georgia Department of Labor Mm -hmm routinely uh, for the last six months because there's a push to get people back to work. We have a commissioner, now Mark Butler, and we have a governor, Kemp, that believe that people should just go back to work right now, get out there, and just go get a job. Well, it's kind of a misnomer because a lot of the jobs that are available, A, even though we have seen a rise in wages, think about it. We have no mandated masks. There's nothing mandated about having to get a vaccine. There are independent employers that are requesting that. But if you are a single mom and you have children in school and that child is exposed to someone with COVID and then you're told, 
the child has to quarantine, someone has to be there with that child. We have to make sure that parents have the opportunity, have health care, have paid days off when they have to take sick leave to take care of their child because it does. It looks like people are not wanting to go to work, but when the cost of going to work and taking care of your children and finding someone to be there with them when they're ill or if they've just been exposed to during this pandemic is greater than what you're making on the job, you have to make a decision. And that's the reason why I, we've talked so much about people paying attention to what's going on, definitely in the political climate. So you, I know, know this, so I'm not educating you on this, but I want to educate some of the viewers that there is a bill getting ready to try to be passed in the House and Senate now for roughly $3.5 trillion, as it stands. Um, and a lot of people don't even know that that bill is getting watered down, even as we speak right now, that yes. the question is, we don't even know if we get to $3.5 trillion. Now we're going anywhere, I think, from $1.5 trillion right now to $3.5 trillion. That's a huge gap. And we're not talking about um, millions or billions. Right. We're talking about trillions. trillions. But a, pot, a big part of that is something that you was just talking about, is paid time leave. For um, families, if right. you have, if you get pregnant, if you're sick, if you have to be out for COVID, and a lot of that's getting ready to be stripped away in this in the reform version of this bill, um, and that's the reason why I think labor is so important and educating ourselves on what is going on in our political scheme is so important because that does affect us like every day. It affects all of us. It affects everyone. And mm -hmm. what I will tell you, our great state of Georgia is sitting on a 2.2 billion dollar surplus. We have a governor that is indifferent. He's shown a pattern of indifference, as have some of our legislative brothers and sisters at the Gold Dome. Because when you have a state, we're one of 12 states that refuses to expand Medicaid, which leaves some 500,000 plus people that are uncovered. Mm -hmm. They're in a, a healthcare gap. They don't have coverage. Then you have a pandemic. You're still unwilling to expand health care to these folks, some of them because they make too much to be on one exchange, but too little to actually have health care that's affordable. That's the other thing. The expansion of health care aids those folks. We want everybody to have insurance. We want everybody that is raising a family to be able to sleep at night because they can take care of that family. So you see that, and you see Senate Bill 202. Mm -hmm. the, what is that? Nothing but voter suppression 101. Everything that can be done to suppress the vote and the voices of marginalized families. You're right. It's not every person is impacted by this, but it does cut across racial lines, but it impacts most often African Americans and people of color. Yeah, and that's one of the things we were talking about with SB 202, that even with SB 202, it does impact the African American community. But I think that if more, more people can understand it, it impacts everybody when we restrict um, yeah. voting rights. Um, and I think you were on the call when we were on just Monday. Um, yes. She really broke it down. Like, it's not just something that impacts one person. It impacts the rural county and um, the rural county in Georgia. It impacts the northern part of Florida. It impacts the southernest part of California. I mean, yes. it may, plays a huge role. And even recently with the census, we see how the census was done. People in Cal California lost seats. We see redistricting, redistricting. They actually just put out their version of the maps where I think I was reading an article that if they do it the way they want to do it, um, 
District 6 or District 7 where Lucy McBath is at. She would lo- practically lose her district. She will. That That is an area where we're looking at force, her gaining Forsyth County, mm-hmm. which we know is predominantly red, mm-hmm. um, and losing areas in Decatur that are predominantly blue. Black. And there is no... Yeah. Um, when you look at, at what's happening now, it is going to, it is an attempt to suppress the vote. We know each party does that when they have the opportunity to look at the map and look at where the votes mm-hmm. are. We also know with the 2020 census that our country is changing. We know that when I talked about health care coverage, uh, one thing that I've, I'm remiss in not talking about is rural hospitals closing Mm -hmm. because we don't have the money to keep them open. And what does it mean to say that you're sitting on a $2.2 billion surplus when we have people in our communities that are suffering, whether you are in the metro area or if you're in a rural area? We know that something has to be done. We know that there's a change that has to come. We know that while we may not have voted for him, President Trump was here in Perry, Georgia, and said Stacey Abrams would make a better president or better governor than our current governor, <laughs> Brian Kemp. And you know what? That's the one thing I agree with him on. And well, we have to, we're still waiting to find out <laughs> if they're going to even get a Stacey Abrams running this race. Um, but there's so many different things. You know, one of the things that was interesting is that I got a phone call the other day, literally, from a restaurant um, and they're struggling to hire employees. Mm-hmm. And actually, if Brian can find that flyer, why we're doing this, the flyer that we created for ABT, um, TUI, ABT, TUI, or APT, TUI, um, it was interesting to me the amount that they're offering now, right? And right. I think they're offering like $16 for like a um, line cook or dishwasher is $17, but it's good pay. And I think even from the rate of how much they're looking to pay, like, their bartender and their service was, like, $5 an hour, starting up at $5 an hour. So we're starting to see, like, this crack, definitely in the industries as far as, like, the restaurants. You but are. But they don't understand. But you're at risk. Yeah. You go to work, in a, in if, especially if you're outside of the city of Atlanta with no mask mandate and people refusing to be vaccinated, you are just as susceptible to take home the COVID-19 virus to your family and now with the Delta variant. So you have to, again, that's where people is conundrum. Do I go? Is increased pay? Do I risk the rate of infection? We know that statistically African Americans die at twice the rate of our white counterparts if we contract the disease. So you really have a lot to think about. We have people that the Eviction moratorium is ending now. Yeah, yeah. We have people in our community that have faced evictions for the second time, and that was stayed. Now, we also know that there are people that have lost their transportation. Their cars were repossessed during this. So think again. People with children. I have to take my child or my grandchild five miles west and I work 10 miles east, and now I'm on public transportation. That's fantastic that we have, Marva. But think about what that parent, grandparent, caregiver has to do to make it work for them. Money is one thing, but I think people have had the opportunity to see over the last year 
you can work until you drop and people really don't care well you're dispensable Mm -hmm. you drop they'll move you out of the way and they'll put somebody else in your place we have companies that have benefited and I hate to say it that way from all the funds that are available through the American Rescue Plan Mm -hmm. and we have some people that have been able to stave off home insecurity they're not homeless but their lives have changed forever the way that we do business is changing we have people that right now need to be trained to go into a different job because the service industry has changed and that's one of the things again that's why I am so adamant about people being trained to have higher skills to go into different areas of the workplace Um, We did about, with Operating Engineers back in April, we did a training program with uh, Mark Templeton. And what we did was we had 16 people, so between Operating Engineers and the IBEW, um, which is the Electrical Workers, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, they did OSHA training for 10 hours. People were certified with that. Operating Engineers did a forklift training. So that takes a person that had no skills necessarily. We know we have a number of distribution centers opening up after widening the canal in Savannah. So we have larger ships that can come in. We have distribution centers popping up. If you go to work at a warehouse, you have elevated yourself more likely than not from a $7.25 an hour job to a $16.17 hour job. That's our goal to take training to places like Henry County, like Fulton County, like East Point, and work with the mayors and work with the city council folks in those municipalities to say, how can we help train up your citizens to bring good jobs to your community to increase welfare revenue to your cities? And one of the ways we can do that is having people train to fill these jobs that require more skills. And you know, one of the things, and I put the fly up because um, I really wanted to kind of see people, a lot of people to see like what's going on. Like even the restaurant industry is starting yes. to recognize that they have to do better in the way they pay wages. That's right. And um, and, and I'm all for it. Like I, we partnered with them. They reached out to us and they was like, oh, how much you going? Like I don't care about charging nobody. I want people if there if there are good jobs out here in the fields where people need hey, jobs. People at, need to know about them. Um, people need to know about them. Yeah, and so I, I recommend that. I know that you, you're like that, too. I mean, if people need to push jobs, call Atlanta, North Georgia Labor We've Council. We've done two job fairs. You guys have done job fairs. Yeah, and we, the other thing is really interesting, And, Sean, and I say this you. to say that, right? One of the people we recently hired, we acquired through your job fair. And That's fantastic. And she's been working here for about two, Sydney's been working for about two months. She oh, yeah, the job yeah. Fair. I remember that. We did a job fair with uh, Christine Hume, who is the president of the Savannah Central Labor Council. Mm-hmm. We just did a job fair Monday with Glenn Kelly, who's the president over at the Augusta Central Labor Council. So what we're saying, we stage rallies in front of the Georgia Department of Labor because they are closed. Their doors are locked across the state. We are up in Rome, Georgia a couple weeks ago um, with City Councilwoman Wendy Davis. And what we're saying is we have jobs, but the labor department is supposed to be a resource. Mm -hmm. Talk to applicants about their claims. One thing that that goes untalked about often is we have 4.1 million people apply for unemployment. 
half of those folks got approved. 80% of those people that got approved had to resubmit an application. It was denied the first time around. So that seems like a lot of numbers. Now think about this. Where we have people that were in lower wage jobs, of the $4.1 million, or million applicants, 30% of those people just either found the system too challenging to put an application in or decided because of whatever reasons that they didn't apply for unemployment. So the numbers that you see don't speak to underemployment or people that were never in the system that lost their jobs, that picked up you know, work here and there to subsidize their families. We've got to do a better job. We have candidates like Representative William Bodie. We have candidates like Nicole Horn, Lester Jackson. We have people that are running for a commissioner of labor. I don't see how any Georgian can vote for Mark Butler when we have these people in dire need of services and the doors are still locked after 18 months. Yeah, and yet they're trying to push people to go back to work when they're not going back to work. Where they're not there. The workers may be inside, but if, if I can't come in as an unemployed worker and get services, what good does that do me? You know, it's funny because I remember talking to one person at the Department of Labor about an issue we were having for one of our employees, and the person was on the phone so nice, and she said to me, she said, listen, i rather, even though they allow me to work from home, I'd rather be in the office working with people and working for people because that's what I got in this business to do. And she Absolutely. wants to help people, but they won't allow them to be there to physically help people. And that, that blew my mind. That actually blew my mind. Well, think about it. If you have, we have frontline employees. The folks that work at Kroger's belong to the United Food and Commercial Workers. Those are essential workers, the city employees that belong to the American Federation of State and Community Municipal Employees, AFSCME. Those are frontline workers. Just this week, their emergency pay was restored to those frontline workers for the city of Atlanta because we know that they never stopped working. Mm -hmm. They never had the opportunity to work from home. So they need hazard pay because the work that they're doing and being out in the community with this virus still surging, it is a hazard. It's a life hazard. And they take their lives every day away from their families, go into the community where they could easily contract this virus or take it back home. Maybe they're a carrier. So we have to think in terms of our greater community, mm -hmm. not just the profits of the state. Because I continue to go back and say, how could you be sitting on $2.2 billion? A lot of it's because they were not paying, for most, paying right. for most of these programs. Or you accepted the American Rescue Funds and you didn't distribute them equitably so that people could utilize those. And I, I, I mean, um, we got a little bit more time here, um, a little bit. But one of the things I really want people to understand is that I know you are a huge advocate of people signing up for their local um, labor unions. And to just real quick, tell people why that's so important. Let me say this. In, a, in this state of Georgia, again, I mentioned it was a right-to-work state. Mm -hmm. So that means I could be part of a labor union, you could be my co-worker, and you will still benefit from having a labor contract and not be a member. But just like anything else, what you contribute and how you work with labor unions to make not only your workplace a better place, but supporting all working families is important. 
when we all work together and strive together, right now we're working on municipal races. So we have our union members are canvassing, phone banking, and trying to have information out in, a, in, the, in the public about those candidates that are willing to fight on behalf and support working families. We did a tremendous job in getting Representative Nakima Williams elected and getting uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff elected to the Senate positions that they're in now. We have more work to do. Mm -hmm. We know that we can make a difference. And like I said before, where you have industries that are unionized, you have higher wages. This coming week, we're going to have the opportunity to stand with the Teamsters and a local um, manufacturing company that has dire conditions. Their employees, if you see the conditions that they work in every day, you would want to say, this is unfair. When I say have your voices heard in the workplace, that means on issues that impact workers and their families every day, from health insurance to the quality of your work life to being able to have input on the jobs and safety being at the forefront of those issues. So we urge, I urge everyone, get involved in your communities, get involved in registering to vote, check on your family members, check on your friends, because now with the new voting laws, if you moved or changed precincts, where you would be able to possibly have that vote counted, you won't. So we have to do everything we can, and I urge people to look at the Atlanta, North Georgia Labor Council Facebook page. We often post information about voting rights, updates and summaries on new legislation that impacts working families, and then we have topics, and we have your show, of course, highlighted on our programs and on our uh, Facebook page because it's important for us to educate our communities about what we're facing every day. We can make a difference, but you have to be knowledgeable about what you do and what you can do to make those changes happen. Absolutely. I want to thank Ms. Sandra Williams for coming on and joining us today. Um, I want you guys to really go and check out the Atlanta, North Georgia Labor Council's website, their Facebook page, stay up to date on things they have going on. Um, and if you're looking for a labor union that you know is out there actually Give me doing a call. Things, Give call me a her. Call. call her. They, I'm they, at 404-525-3559. Absolutely. And thank you, Ms. Williams, again for coming on there. And just stay tuned as we show you guys this video clip of some of the events that we played a part in with them. Continue to remember that we do, please check out our website, www.blackpush.org, where we have a whole bunch of different events going on. And until next time, thank you, Ms. Williams, for joining thank us. Thank you, Sean. I look forward to coming back and work with you and Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you.